Do you ever feel like you're always on? What do you do when you need a moment to chill? How would you like to hit the reset button to get ready for what's next? These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nothing but nonstop hustle all the time. Sometimes you just need a moment to turn off and hit reset, and that's when you can reach for Coors Light. It's made to chill. Look, it's summertime. Transfer window is coming up. It's gonna get crazy. So if you ever just wanna, again, take a step back and relax, read the transfer rounds, read the gossip rumors, grab a Coors Light. It'll be perfect companion for all those transfer merry-go-rounds. There's only one beer out there that's literally made to chill, and that's Coors Light. The mountains on the bottles and cans even turn blue when the beer is cold. That way you always know when it's time to chill. When you need to hit reset, just open a Coors Light. It's mountain cold refreshment made to chill. Now that it's finally hot in Minnesota, I'm gonna be looking for an easy beer to drink, and Coors Light is perfect for that. It's lagered, it's cold filtered, and it's cold packaged. It's, again, made to chill. It's crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies perfect for a moment to unwind and so when you want to hit reset reach for the beer that's made to chill get coors light in the new look delivered straight to your door with drizzly or instacart coors brewing company golden colorado and as always celebrate all right so you're listening to this podcast right now london is blue and guess what we host our podcast on anchor.fm that's right if you're looking to host your own podcast this is the easiest free way to get started. This has got a content creation tool allows you to record and the podcast right from a phone. That's right, don't even need a computer, but you can do it there too. They'll also help you distribute it, which is probably the most challenging part. You don't want to have to mess with that. They got you covered. You can get it right on a Spotify and Apple Podcasts as well as any other place podcasts are found. And you know what? You can monetize it too. Make a little cash for sharing your great content with the world. It's everything you need to make a podcast all in one individual place. So you know what? Head over to your app store, download the Anchor app, or head to anchor.fm to get started if you're ready to launch your podcast and make it happen. Hi, I'm Paulo Ferreira, and you are listening to the London News Book. Welcome back, Chelsea fans, to the London is Blue podcast, a podcast made for the fans, by the fans, celebrating the only team that matters. Come on, you blues. Welcome back, Chelsea fans, to another episode of the London is Blue podcast, presented by WorldSoccerShop.com. Head on over to WorldSoccerShop.com for the best Chelsea gear around. I promise you that. We'll even tell you why a little bit later. So, Chelsea fans, welcome back to what we've forgotten about is midweek madness. Something us Chelsea fans aren't really familiar with this season. But uh, after tonight, I think we can all feel pretty good about our situation. Feeling good with me are Dan and Nick. Nick, how did uh, your mid-afternoon doctor's appointment go today? (coughs) You know, it was... uh... You can tell how sick I am because I just coughed on command. So uh, he's got the same sickness that's sending Oscar to China for sixty million. So uh, you know it's the uh, the flushitis. Do I get a cough? Like uh, a cough? A cut? A cut of that sixty million? Or <laughs> a cough of that sixty million? Oh, what an idiot! I mean, <laughs> if you told me I got sixty million for getting sick, like. How sick is is my follow up question? You know the difference is I'm not already making a couple a cool million a year to sit on Chelsea's bench. It's a nice bench uh, though. the The padded seats, Dan, I think, are you know they're conforming to yeah. your body. 
I always say bench, but but it really is more of a seat. Uh, it's padded. Uh, you get to wear a nice little uh, zip up and a uh, you know hooded hat. You know, it's it's quite wonderful actually. Yeah, I think uh, we need to get over to Stanford Bridge and do a little stadium tour. Nick, you've been there, Dan, as well. Myself, not so much. So we uh, let's get let's get working on that. But guys, hey, jumping right in, match review time. Sunderland away, Premier League action. We went to the Stadium of Darkness, as Dan likes to remember it, but more commonly known as the Stadium of Lights, right, Dan? Yeah, you you might say that. Uh, and there's 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 bad memories there. I mean, we've we've done well against Sunderland uh, in the past couple of years, but there, last year there was a there was a black mark hanging over that match. Most definitely, uh, the match was this past Wednesday evening. In case you missed it, uh, scoreline: Chelsea one, Black Cats zero. Uh, starting lineup: Dan, uh, as usual, just a copy paste, rinse and repeat. Is that right? It was not copy paste, rinse repeat, because Ed Hazard out with little injury. Uh, fear not, a very short lived, according to Antonio Conte, should potentially be available this coming weekend against Crystal Palace. But we saw uh, Pedro Costa and William, so uh, no PhD got broken up. It's like P. WC, I don't know, like Price Waterhouse Cooper. Um, then you have uh, Conte, Marcus Alonso, um, you had Moses, and then uh, Cesc Fabregas heads back in the lineup over Nemanja Matic. Then you got Azpilicueta, Luis Cahill, uh, Courtois. You know, Fabregas really providing a little bit more of that creative spark in the absence of the uh, nimble footed Eden Hazard. Yeah, you know, Nick, as you kind of look at this, I mean, Matic wasn't hurt. So we know that like this was a tactical switch on Conte's part. Uh, and then, you know, on, on the flip side, Louise back in, we thought he's pretty shaky this weekend. I mean, look back to his normal. Yeah. <clears throat> Louise looked fine. The back line looked fine. Everybody, you know, I think uh, had a, a drastically better performance back there than uh, at the weekend where, where things were a bit shaky, but for the most part, uh, I think I think the major key here is that Sunderland lined up with seven defenders, <laughs> so they they mirrored our three four three, but but the entire you know midfield and defense was all defenders for the most part. Uh, even our former employee Patrick Van Anholt was was on the on the left, kind of mirroring Moses. So uh, it, interesting setup there. So I think the the Fabregas addition here made a lot of sense because he's a guy that can uh, unlock a defense and. They were pretty stout for the first uh, 25 minutes, but it, you know, as anybody knows, it's really tough to defend for 90 minutes and, and hold it all together. So uh, it was just a matter of time uh, before Chelsea broke through. Yeah, we, you know, we, we call we, we do call Sesk the uh, you know, quarterback a lot, but I, I think we've talked about this picking apart the defense. Pro- probably should be called Locksmith at this point, mm, given what good. he's doing. I like that. Yeah, we should get that going on Twitter, you know? You get the London is Blue community behind that. You know, tweet at Fabregas, hashtag Locksmith. But as we continue down, guys, uh, Fabregas is going to stay as a recurring theme through this episode. You know, as we look at the one and only goal that was scored, it was by Fabregas. You know, he was not sitting deep quarterbacking. He was very much uh, getting forward in and around the box. And I think Conte uh, was quite obviously told to sit back and uh, kind of just clean everything up as it came through the midfield. You know, Dan, as you saw this play break, one of the few times that Chelsea could really catch uh, Sunderland on the break because they, you know, 
were jam-packed with defenders back there. But again, big ball going up to William, and he uh, picked up Fabregas right away at the top of the box. Cool as a cucumber, slotted it home. Oh, well, I think it was even better is the uh, the, the Conte beating uh, beating out someone at six five uh, at five six with a with a header to get the ball to William. <laughs> like that was just. <laughs> like some unreal athleticism from a guy who uh, clearly does not allow his physical stature to determine the quality of play that he presents on the pitch. And uh, yeah, really, it was kind of the first mistake that Sunderland really made uh, from a defensive standpoint. Uh, but they played a very physical game, and that was you know just, again, unlocked by Fabregas. And, and really, you know, one goal to nil is all you need to win. It, it's yeah. true. Uh, it worked out great. Chelsea had a total of 16 shots. Only six of them were on target and three of those six were blocked. So essentially, you know, one out of our three clean shots went in Nick. Um, another essentially pretty efficient on the night as it came to finishing. I would say that maybe lacked a little bit in the final third of creating that chance to actually be able to take a shot. Yeah, I, I agree with that. I think the, the major uh, part of this match, uh, especially in the first half when, you know, things were kind of cooking there at the end, Alonzo had all the space in the world um, and, and they made a concerted effort to to try and condense the space that Costa had to run so that, you know, the Costa factor in this match was pretty null and void because at any time they were marking him with two or more players, uh, which is, you know, it's insanity. Um, that's like messy treatment um, for the most part. So, yeah, that was kind of off the table. So it was up to everybody else to kind of fill in those gaps and expand the defense out of the out of the six yard box and out of the area. So uh, Moses and Alonzo, I think, um, in this match left a little bit to be desired for me. And then William and Pedro did not, you know, for the most part, fill in all of those gaps all the way that Costa was kind of leaving. So th- I mean, there was room to improve, and I think Antonio Conte said that after the match. There's certainly room to improve, especially against teams who set up so defensively, but uh, regardless, we got the goal. We got the win. Uh, life is good. 10 in a row. Absolutely. The new magic number is 10. Um, let's go ahead and dive into the game a little bit just outside of the goals. So um, Dan, we had a, a very special guest of honor at the stadium of light, Bradley Lowry, uh, very deservingly got essentially what we hope to be the night of his life so far in his, his young and fragile life. Yeah. You know, a crazy sad story when you, when you think about it, uh, a kid with a, uh, horrible, um, you know, kind of extremely hard to treat cancer who is uh, seeking, you know, and kind of fundraising to get over to the U S to receive some of that treatment, but, uh, both the club uh, Sunderland and then also with the support of Chelsea really worked together to create an experience for him. Uh, you know, he was the mascot heading out to the game. They also had a, a pre-match event where uh, he took the pitch and then had a chance to uh, score on Asmir Begovic. And as you know, Begovic leaks goals and uh, <laughs> you know, uh, Lowry just, uh, you know, slotted one home and got a little bit of advice from Diego Costa and the, uh, in the setup for it. So, you know, really, uh, really great take by him. Probably the goal of the month, um, you know, contender right there. And a uh, really beautiful sign kind of from both the fans uh, saying cancer has no colors. We stand together. 
and you know clear clear that the you know there was something bigger going on uh, during this match and, and more important than the, the game on the pitch for uh, a lot of the fans and, and for the players and then for this uh, you know obviously Bradley and his family. I, yeah, yeah I, I I couldn't agree more. I'm going to just quickly follow up there. I think the Sunderland did an incredible job setting that up, and I think the both the Chelsea players and the, and the Chelsea fans participating together. Uh, you know, it's it's a signal of of priorities in life, and uh, sometimes, especially in uh, different election cycles, and both sides of the font, the pond, that can get a little lost. And I, I'm very proud of all the of all the people who are in the stadium of light today that they uh, stepped up and and made a, a real impact, even uh, even if fleeting, uh, for a young kid who definitely deserved it. In the fifth minute, both fans clapped in honor. Um of Bradley because he's, you know, five years old. Um, as Dan mentioned, the banner that the Chelsea and the Sunderland fans uh, came together for says cancer has no colors stand together. We will put that in the show notes on our website, but most importantly, um, as Dan mentioned, he does have a rare form of cancer. I believe this is the second time he's actually battling with it. Uh, he has a donation page. Okay. So we have linked that in our show notes it's at londonisbluepodcast.com. Find the episode against Sunderland, and it's going to be in there. Currently, they sit at 625,000 pounds raised, and their target is 700,000. So, again, you know, it's kind of a charitable time of year for everyone. It's relevant. You know, I know it's not specific to Chelsea, but we thought this was a good time to bring it up. And if there's any way we can help, um, we would just feel honored to be able to, to help him in, in his fight. So check it out. If you have any questions, tweet at us at London Blue Pod. Uh, next up on the docket, Nick Sesk back in the starting 11 for Modic, as we pointed out earlier. He was rated by Squawka as the second highest uh, performer on the field, just one point behind ISP. So, you know, Nick, what did you think of Sesk's second start, um, you know, in, in recent form? He was on one tonight, man. Uh, he was everywhere doing everything. I thought he played composed. I thought he played aggressive. Uh, was You could just tell, and it's like uh, if you ever watch basketball, it's like watching LeBron where he hits his first shot, and you're like, oh, God, he's just going to go off for 50 tonight. Um, it, was, it was like that to me. It was watching him hit that first ball over the top and it connecting, and he's like, all right, switch has been flipped. And, uh, you know, he was amazing with the ball. He was amazing without the ball. I think I think he's one of those, uh, Dan, I think he's one of those confidence players where, you know, the first couple things kind of come off and the rest of it kind of goes his way. And tonight was one of those nights for sure. You got to pad the stats for the guy a little bit. 84% pass accuracy, Dan. He had 33% shot accuracy, obviously one goal. Um, four chances created though. Again, his, he's, he's getting stuck in, um, in, in the midfield as well. Pretty much kind of a box to box performance tonight. Uh, it, it was, it was interesting to watch too, when he didn't have the ball, uh, because there was a period near the end of the game for probably about the 70th minute forward. And he was, chasing down defenders but helping to basically corral so you know he wasn't being asked like Conte to go in and challenge for every ball but you know, it seems that the way that 
you know, Conte is asking him to place himself on the pitch has really been to come with sort of close down routes within that midfield and did a really nice job. I think just as much off the ball in this game, which is probably that element of his play that gets criticized the most. I think no one ever questions his ability to, to quarterback, his ability to connect, his ability to set other people up for goal. But I actually really appreciated the work that he was doing 70th, 80th, you know, up to the 90th minute where he was really helping keep the team composed and was, you know, it was the moment that you potentially could sense that there was maybe some crumbling going on. Um, you know, he helped keep that midfield solidified. Yeah, Nick, I mean, do you agree with that as far as kind of like, you know, working both sides of the ball, which is, again, something new that we've seen out of him this season? Well, I mean, I, I will say this. If Antonio Conte can transform David Luiz into what I assume is going to be the defender of the year if he keeps up his current run, there's little to no reason to doubt his abilities to transform Sesk into a complete midfielder. Now, I think the only thing that Sesk has going against him is age and general athletic ability. But I mean, if he, if he keeps this, if he's able to play and, and consistently play either as a sub or as a starter and keeps up the positional awareness uh, that he's shown in the last couple of matches, then, you know, I think he's on a good tear and his passing ability on our team is second to none. Uh, and there's not a, another player on our team that can find a ball that, uh, that he can find. So it's really intriguing to me to watch kind of how this goes and we'll, and we'll get into potential transfers and rumors and things like that later, but it's going to be uh, very interesting to watch Brandon, how uh, this kind of plays out because he's played his two best matches two out of the last three. Well, I think most Chelsea fans will agree that compared to four, six, eight weeks ago, people are a lot more confident this Sesk maybe does have a role within this team and that maybe, you know, it isn't a sure thing that he's, you know, off to AC Milan or off to Italy this winter. I think that's a big difference that we've seen that he actually can fit into this system at least better than what most of us thought. So, you know, there's definitely some promise in there. Uh, William back in the starting lineup for the absent Hazard. Dan, did he do enough for you to be a suitable replacement? Uh, is he a legitimate option off the bench? Does he give us depth in an area that, uh, well, honestly, we need it, having creative wingers? Uh, <laughs> Again, two weeks was ago. that Was that the biggest gust in London is Blue history? What Dan <laughs> just did? Uh, We've had some uh, stumper questions before. That was like... <sighs> Like, yeah, that, that's it's, it's the start of Twister. Um, <laughs> Our listeners use headphones. I'd like to remind you. Yeah, uh, this is the part Brandon has to to, to auto tune down for a second. Um, <laughs> yeah, I, he he definitely had I think an okay performance, and I, I think his performance hinged on uh, not banking off the crossbar, but actually you know, hoping that goal got in because um, we could have been 2-0. We actually could have been probably 3 or 4-0 uh, given some of the, the close proximity shots that we did have. But uh, I would say that there, you know, when you look at what happens when you have to take out Hazard, you have to put in Fabregas, which means you also, uh, you know, lose, you know, maybe that, uh, you know, Maddich in the middle and then well, Williams there. Uh, it doesn't flow as well. And, yeah, I think part of that's probably due to 
you know, actual minutes played between those players with this system and with this formation, you know, William has obviously not gotten the anywhere near the minutes he's had this season versus last season when he was the you know club's player of the year. Uh, but you know, I, I think there's no no comparison to the type of player when Hazard brings the pitch in comparison to any one of our players, uh, you know, outside of Diego Costa. I think the losing those two players at any point in the season presents the biggest threat to us continuing to win games and stay atop the table. And so William gives you some bench depth at the moment, but uh, is not currently a starter uh, and would not necessarily be, uh, I think, one, uh, one for the future, as they say, moving forward. Well, I think, you know, to take into consideration, guys had a rough fall, to say the least. Uh, sure. Personal life, injuries, some things. Um, so I think that that is, you know, is something to be taken into account, Nick. Um, but I guess, you know, he had four chances created. He had three key passes and an assist. Uh, so he's very productive in the final third. Uh, dude had about six take-ons this match. Uh, you know, how about this, Nick? I thought he did a good job of putting his head down and going at people rather than maybe being a little more hesitant compared to what we've seen earlier in the season. Yeah, I, I legitimately disagree with you, Dan. Like, I, I think that he played as well as could be expected at this point. And, uh, you know, I, his, his final product has never been his calling card. I mean... He he learned how to do free kicks last year, but I mean that was eighty percent of his goals. You know he he rarely scores goals from open play, so I, I never set myself up for that to be the expectation. Uh, I think when I watched him play today, he was active. He was bobbing up and down, drawing defenders, and you know was trying to be Hazard in in the Hazard role, which is kind of floating around wherever he could, but. Uh, I, I thought he played okay, and and I think that in in this system, he certainly played better than Pedro did. I mean, well, I, I, so I guess here's the here's the question: Next season, we're still playing a three four three. You have Cost up front, you have Hazard on the left. Given a, a transfer market, given player sales, is is William the player you want to see on the right wing? Well, I mean, if you're telling me that we're going to get. Griezmann then I mean that, that's a whole different question um, <laughs> you know that's a that's a way that you're talking about a top five player in the world coming into your team so no but I mean right now I would rather see him over Pedro I mean I, I just think he's he's more of a threat in that regard at least he has been since the Everton game I, I really don't think Pedro's played that well since the Everton game uh, he definitely did not play well on the left. That that was for sure. He he was you know he has a better link up I think with Hazard than uh, and, and Costa when they're working together than when he's working with William. And again, I think that's all chemistry and actual match time presenting a bit of an issue. And I think what we're going to see until there this rotation through this fixed pa- you know pack sh- uh, pack fixture season. Heading into FA Cup, heading into uh, the new year, we're, we're going to need to see that rotation to get that chemistry going. Well, I tell you what, you have with William is you have options because he's flexible. I think William could play wing back, you know. And and there's an interesting scenario if if you do, um, if if every Chelsea fan gets their wish and gets Griezmann in uh, into the to the right side of that three four three, I think William could play either wing back position if called upon. 
and maybe that's a future where he doesn't have to worry about creating Brandon. He can just, you know, bomb up and down and, and run his little heart out. Well, I think that obviously if Chelsea were to a point where William is an impact sub coming in the last 15 minutes or so, I think that would be a good situation to be in. Um, his ability to, you know, have a high work ethic, uh, close people down and kind of create things weather fatigued at the end of the match, I think it'd help. I agree. I think that there are more complete players that we could get and hopefully we do get. Um, but I think for the time being today, he showed that he does have quality to add. Um, but I, you know, taking both your points in, he's not the end all be all hopefully for this team. Uh, all right. So last one I've got for you guys is uh, a good one because last season, everyone, you guys had washed your hands with him. You're like, I'm done. Like you're not cutting it. You got a terrible attitude. You're really not even playing that well. Courtois, you know, new goalkeeper coach, baby. Everything is good this season. And it was that Spinelli, magic. It was, it was really that simple guys. We were just short-sighted. So honestly, um, it's weird. So my true or false question, Courtois is coming good on his potential this season. Dan, where do you stand on Courtois? Uh, I would I would sign him to a extension. So true. Yes, absolutely, hundred percent. I, I feel like I feel I like think, I don't think there's anything else you need to say. <laughs> I I feel like Courtois is the only person who can stop Courtois. Yeah, I think we saw that last year. I I think the dude. Uh, and look uh, on current form shirt, sure, like Dan's hundred percent, right. Taking into account the last, you know, three seasons, uh, some injury concerns, some attitude concerns, dude can't stop talking to the press. Um, maybe being misquoted, maybe not. Um, you know, that part, you know, is kind of hazy. And so I'm not going to a hundred percent go in on him there, but I think Courtois is legitimately the only person, much like Diego Costa, who can stop Courtois. And if he gets out of his own way and, you know, starts, you know, whatever the mind meld that Dan always talks about Diego, if, if Antonio Conte has his, has the mind meld happening with Courtois, then I mean, he's, he's six, six. We've all interviewed, like we interviewed him. He's, he's legitimately as big as he looks and has reaction speed that none of us can even fathom. Like he is truly a top three potential goalkeeper in in the world. So if you have that dude, you keep him. I, I know what Dan's saying, but I, I kind of worry about, uh, and all the Belgians, to be honest with you, not to criticize Belgium as a whole, but a lot of the Belgium stars kind of have this thing. And I don't know what it is, but he is, he's his own worst enemy. Yeah, yeah, that's a really good point. I think that you bring that up. Um, he is showing good on a lot of his potential, his ability to catch crosses in the air. Today, even Sunderland dumped a bunch in the box. He looked good, except for the one he dropped in the first half, we'll admit. Um, but his shot stopping is what he is known for being phenomenal at, and it's been on point this season, Dan. Yeah, I, I think that ultimately – he you watch the reaction he has at the end of the matches and this dude right now is plugged in 
is fired up, is going and and running up to to the fans and celebrating after the wins. You know, it's very clear that you know if there was any kind of thought of you know does he love Chelsea? Does he not love Chelsea? You know, does he love you know Conte? Does he not love Conte? You know, is, is Spinelli's system working versus you know uh, um night and day difference? And I, I think if we can continue to ride this, I think you're right, Nick. Like top top three goalkeeper in the world and you know you look at you know what other clubs have needed for a long time is, is sometimes some the person to stop the shots the the brandon as it were in between the sticks and uh, we have ours right now and we need to make sure that you know we keep him in a good spot so it you know it's not good courtois bad courtois you know we can keep good courtois around all right. Let us know what you guys think because I know you listeners out there are going to have a divided opinion at London Blue Pod. You can tweet at us. Heck, you can even email us. Okay. London is blue podcast at gmail.com as well as our Facebook group. We're having these discussions there already. We just need you to jump in and join it. So, uh, you know, let's go ahead and start to wrap this up. Nick, man of the match poll time. How are we doing? So, um, I was a little late in tweeting this out, so we only had 213 votes this time, uh, which is down a little bit. So I apologize. Uh, the four options I put out there, and I got criticized again. Like I, I can't get this right, Dan. I can never, I can never pick the four that people want to see. Um, I picked Sesk, uh, Courtois, Conte, and Willian. So I, I thought Willian added something today, he got an assist, so that was good. Uh, people wanted Dave in there. I totally get that. Dave was tremendous today. Um, you, you know, it's like the, the defenders all kind of pick a match to star and it was definitely Dave's day of the, of the back three, um, 29% went to Sesk, which I thought was a little low. Um, 60% went to Courtois, 10% Conte and 1% to William, poor William, Dan. Uh, yeah, I, I would agree with the 1%. I, I would also say if we had conferred beforehand, I probably would have recommended Aspilicueta for his play on the right was, uh, quite quite exceptional in that match yeah he, he got his new contract you know he's excited he's at the club for until 2020 and uh, bravo to that he's phenomenal two 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 uh 200th game playing for chelsea so you know it's great to see you know just again he, he's a, a quiet leader he puts in a shift every game he was getting some great distribution forward i mean you saw him uh you know pass the midfield line you know several times trying to help bring forward effort and energy and excitement to continue the attack and, and force Sunderland further and further back to, to help create, you know, opportunities to score. And again, that dude, uh, you know, will not hesitate to head back and fight for every single ball. And it, you know, again, I think we've actually been really blessed to see a lot of really awesome defensive uh, spells and performances this season, uh, especially after the horror horror show that we got to see last year. We're getting to see some you know, really nice uh, fruits of the labor from great practice and great players. So all that from Dave for a reported 7 million pounds. Yeah. What a, what a bargain. <laughs> I mean, maybe you know, one of there the are best, deals. maybe one of the best ever. I mean, that, that could be. <sighs> Brandon, well, I think who, would Alonzo come in for 30? Yeah. yeah. Outside outside of getting a player on a free, I mean that that's you know, from a player acquisition cost and, and ultimately the importance he's had, um, that that's quite the return on investment. Think about our team right now, and this is getting off our man of the match <laughs> poll, but really quick. Uh reportedly Hazard for twenty eight, I think. 
uh, Diego Costa for 32, uh, N'Golo Conte for 32. I, I would think we'd all imagine that'd be a bargain. We bought Nemanja Matic back for 21 after having him, but that's worked out okay. Uh, Sask was 26. Uh, Willian, we stole from Tottenham, so infinitely worth it. Um, Pedro, not that much. David Luiz, I mean, I think we can all count that as a freaking bargain considering the center back rates that are happening now. It, it's absurd. It's like a team full of bargain buys. Yeah. You know, I, 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 and then we got in before the market inflated. Yeah, you know, I, I, exactly. And part of it, you know, like Courtois bought young, let him grow into it. Uh, Zuma cost a little bit, you know, 17, 15, you know, in the mid, nothing crazy. Um, but, you know, <laughs> compared to the other spending that clubs have had to do to get back after a poor season uh, last year, we're not doing bad. And then don't forget this, guys. Shalaba got minutes again today. Ruben Loftus-Cheek is on the bench. And if nothing else, my boy Ola Ana, his Insta story game is on point. <laughs> that is really what matters. I love uh, it. Brent, Brandon, who is your man of the match to really tie a bow on this? Oh, I mean, uh, my man of the moment is you uh, <laughs> argued with me earlier. <laughs> is without a doubt Courtois. I know that you know he only had to be great about twice in 90 minutes, but the fact was Chelsea's offense couldn't produce more than one goal. And so at the end of the day, he easily saved us two points. And on our Facebook group, I mean, the f- have you guys seen that picture posted by Matthew Polk? He has like the moment when his fingertips just barely touch the ball. He's at full stretch. The ball's at a good height. Uh, we almost had another rogue agent, Van Anholt, just ruining our day. Uh, uh, look, I appreciate the saves. I appreciate the couple that he had to make. No, no, you don't. <laughs> I do. I do. I desperately do. But like Sask put in full 90 minutes that I, I really, I think was, it could not be matched on this team and uh, who scored.com rated him man of the match. And that was good enough for me, but uh, <laughs> his, his passing was incredible. He had the goal. That's all that matters. Game over. Seth should be man of the match. I, I disagree with our audience here. I don't, I, I can't, I can't go on with that. I understand. I mean, absolutely. When you you know talk about the full ninety performance that Susk did have, uh, and that he got the game winning goal, uh, that's probably more valuable getting the goal than keeping it out because you know getting a clean sheet can only earn you one point at best. Obviously, scoring a goal can get you three. So interesting. Keep tweeting at us. Let us know what you guys see. We'd love to have a friendly discussion without any emotion and just rational thinking. <laughs> that's what we do here. Dan, any other thoughts that we missed uh, about this match? You know, Chelsea in first place, six-point lead over Liverpool, who jumped to Arsenal today. Yeah, it's a it's a great place to be, and also a place that we uh, apparently last season, uh, you know, we, we were underperforming with a lot of the same group of players, and it's just very interesting. Uh, you know, over a year after uh, you know Mourinho was you know dismissed from the club. Uh, for the second time at uh, the vast majority of the same players uh, plus you know a, a Conte plus a return of a Louise uh, are, are really you know plus and Alonso are really excelling at an extremely high level uh, so uh, you know I don't want to cast blame but uh, it's very clear that we we have had great players and uh, it's awesome to have a manager at this point who is uh, clearly enabling their best work 
Nick, what about you? Anything else that uh, we need to touch on quick? Uh, we're top of the league, um, yep. and that is my favorite. Uh, so that's good. Um, I think that you know it's kind of tie a bow on this match. The you know we, we all kind of realized you know in the last few weeks that we've had to win ugly essentially uh, to to really bring this thing full circle. Uh, any time you can win ten matches in a row, I think you have to just appreciate it. And and there was someone on Twitter, I don't remember who, so I, I apologize if you're listening to this and I should have credited you, but someone said that this is like our, our great moment of the season, that it will get harder out from here. And I don't agree or I don't disagree with that. I think that we're having our best time. It's rare that you win ten matches in a row. So, you know, it's hard to disagree with that. But uh, they're going to have to find different ways to win. And I, I really believe in Antonio Conte to make the adjustments necessary to break these kind of all defensive, no attacking teams down. Um, but we won 10 in a row, guys. 10 in a row. I, I mean, after last year, I don't think I would have ever dreamed that this would happen. So bravo to the team. Yeah, absolutely fantastic stuff. Still chasing the dream uh, of getting to 14 or so, um, but we're going to have to wait and see. So like we said, first place, 40 points, hit the magical 40-point mark. Dan, I know you've had that uh, that circled on the calendar waiting to get there to safety, but we've done it. So for now, we're going to take a really quick break, World Soccer Shop, and we'll be right back to answer your questions on social media. Here we go. Alrighty, everybody. So this is a nice little break from the conversation to talk about our worldsoccershop.com giveaway. Up until Friday at 8 p.m. Eastern time, we are giving you the opportunity to get two, uh, one of two $100 worldsoccershop.com gift cards. All you need to do is head to either londonisbluepodcast.com or to our Facebook page for all the links and details. I know that you might be able to spend that gift card on some really cool Chelsea stuff at worldsoccershop.com. Isn't that right, Nick? That is correct, Dan. And, and you know, we're going to help you out here because we know that, you know, picking the right thing is kind of tough and you don't know who to shop for and what their sizes are. But uh, we are we're very, very close to releasing our holiday gift guide that we've teamed up with worldsoccershop.com on. Uh, it's pretty awesome. I'm looking at it now. It's interactive. You can click on stuff. Our, our very own Dan Dormer has written descriptions for all of these items. So I bet you'll see a little bit of his uh, his personality shine through on this. Um, but we're really excited about it. It's our first collaboration, uh, as it were. And and Dan, I know that you're excited to, to uh, talk about our, our final kind of little nice trinket to give away. Yeah, we, we also have some uh, stocking stuffers, as it were, $10 gift cards to give out still and uh, all you need to do is get one of those uh, supplies are limited just tweet at London Blue Pod at World Soccer Shop and uh, send, a sh- send us a link of what those items are on World Soccer Shop you'd like to pick up uh, you know, either for yourself, for a loved one uh, for yourself and uh, we will hook you up with a code while we, ha- while we got them so uh, please hit up worldsoccershop.com and uh, check out the great options this holiday that's right. So use our referral link. Uh, go check out the gift guide. Go enter our contest. Go tweet us for a $10 gift card. We are doing our best to hook you guys up. We're so happy to have you as listeners. So give us a uh, shoot us a line, and we will do our best to make all of your wildest dreams come true. All right, Chelsea fans, how about that? Our very own gift guide. It's like our own gift from us, Dan, to them. Yeah, we, 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 uh, we think we're nice. 
Well, thankfully, they gave us some gifts in the form of questions on social media. Hopefully, that's not too cheesy for you listeners. But before we do that, it was definitely too <laughs> cheesy. I think we can all confirm that. Couldn't let it go. All right. First one before we <laughs> jump into the questions is Oscar to China, this rumor that won't go away. Apparently, the player himself has even essentially said 90% done minus some bureaucratic issues uh, or just things to get done. So, you know, Nick, tell me if you are in favor of this transfer. Yes or no. 52 to 60 million British sterling pounds. I am in favor of it, um, not because I dislike Oscar as a player. I think you know he's probably the guy who never fulfilled his potential the most on our team. So turning a negative into a weird positive there, but um, I think that he is—he's a good footballer. He just needs the right system, and this system is not going to cater to him. So better get a, a fresh start in China, play there a couple of years, and then and then really uh, do his prime somewhere on the continent and uh, and you know, play for an Italian or a Spanish team. Cause I feel like he would thrive in that kind of league and that kind of environment, but it just, it doesn't seem to be happening, Dan, uh, in the way that we envisioned it. Now, potentially going to, uh, AVB side, uh, S pig as it were in China. So, uh, and Conte has also made mention today that, uh, the Oscar situation, uh, quote, will be clear in the next clearer in the next days and quote. So, you know, definitely everything from the breadcrumb trail, starting from the initial rumor with Oscars kind of 90% almost done to now Conte's quotes, uh, seem to lead to the same answer that Oscar's on his way out. And again, you got to wish him well, cause you know, he's, he scored some pivotal goals, was a, a great you know teammate in, uh, you know, kind of helping us secure our last, uh, Premier League, Premier League championship and, uh, wish him all the best. Yeah, you know, I take a little harder of a stance or maybe a colder. Um, you know, Oscar, like the guy, he's nice enough. We've seen some moments of brilliance out of him, but especially with Conte's form, uh, we snapped at $30 million or so for Ramirez, who was probably playing more with Mourinho than Oscar's with Conte. $60 million, $50 million. I mean, the, yes, taking it. Like, like you, thanks for what you've done, um, but it – it's just, it's too much simple math. David Luiz, they came knocking for 50 million, 50 million. Everyone loved him. He was a great character. He did so much for the club and the fans on and off the pitch. But sometimes like the price just outweighs everything else and you just have to go for it. Let well, us know what you, go ahead. Really quick, your mind starts wandering too, to, you know, when, the, when they back up the, the pile of money to Cobham, you know, where and who we could potentially buy yeah. in the January window with the, or, or in the summer with that 60 million that we didn't, I, I never thought we'd get that for Oscar. I thought we'd get like 25. So, you know, it's, it, your mind starts wandering to maybe a Marco Verratti or a Nabi Keita or, you know, any of these other Greetsmen or, or any of these other guys who, you know, you definitely want, but, you know, it might be a little too expensive to pay just straight out for. Exactly. Outside of Champions League money, uh, this is going to go really, really far, especially with the trajectory Chelsea on. People want to play not only for Chelsea, most importantly, Antonio Conte. Hit us up on Twitter, Facebook, email. What do you think about this transfer? Is it good business? Is it bad? You guys have an opinion. Let us know. All right, question time. At Just Badoo It, our buddy, our man, says... Not really a question, but we need to kill games off when there are so many chances being created. I mean, I got to throw this to Nick because he already responded on Twitter. 
Uh, I couldn't agree more. We had a, f- a few, you know, after uh, the first goal to a few chances to go and kill it, and we didn't. And there will be a game where that comes back to bite us. It was not today. It wasn't the previous match or the match before that. But there will be a game when we don't kill it off at 2-0 and, and bury it that we pay the price. And so I think that is probably, you know, when you look at the team now, you know, they're defending well. We've had eight clean sheets this year, nine clean sheets now. Uh, but it's really the attack and really solidifying where we're going with that and really killing it off. You know, I think we all felt better after Ed Nazard had, had buried it against City that, you know, they weren't going to come back and, and smack one in because they almost did. So uh, agreed, my man. Dan, same thing. I mean, we've had the killer instinct in other games, but it uh, for maybe multiple you know, different reasons it wasn't there today. Uh, I think, you know, Conte will kill a player on the training ground uh, to instill <laughs> this before we, uh, we we lose a game and <laughs> to, to having a lack of it. Uh, I, I think you talk about his post-match press conference today. You know, he talked about the, the negatives and the things they still need to improve on. And I, I guarantee the, the clinical finishing that was absent in this match will probably be at the top of the list of things that get addressed in training uh, either tomorrow or the next day. All right. Next one up at SP Beal back after an episode off, man, time difference. That's he, brutal. He, he tweeted at me individually and said, I was just, he's, he's going to start tweeting questions ahead of time. So he doesn't miss them. <laughs> like you are a dedicated mofo. He knows. He knows what what the value of this is. All right. He says, "Which is your favorite win of the 10? I'm not going to go through them all. You guys know them, but Dan, I post them in the script. You've got them in front of you. What do you like? There's some juicy options in here. Yeah, yeah I mean, there's there's Everton zero, Chelsea five, and that that was a, that that's a highlight reel. Um, Man United zero, Chelsea four. That was great. I just Man. said I wasn't going to go through them all." <laughs> yeah, I, I, I want to relive them all. They're so good, you know. It's beating true. down, beating down the other Tony. We got the best Tony. Chelsea won. West Brom nil. Uh, I, I still think the Spurs game was probably my favorite, though. Uh, okay. I, I think that was the first time we were tested, kind of going behind in in that you know series, and we kind of saw like, okay, are we going to come back and win? And you know, little, little Pedro wonder strike in there. It, it was that was that was a great game. That was a real real like this is who this team is this is our dna uh we we will not you know we will not be screwed with mentality i mean if you're you know i think that tottenham over was a better win than city nick but i want to know what your number one out of these 10 matches in front of you have been so far uh i think i think the city match was my favorite i but i only because I really truly dislike them and I dislike Pep. I mean, it's it's like a combination of man, we were you know we really came through and showed some mental strength and but it was largely just to see him shit himself on the sideline. So I love that. I would say that we played our best football against Everton though, and there was zero doubt in my mind about that. We were clinical as hell, and we just ran rampant on him. And it's been. It, a rare day, Brandon, where we've done that to a team and just and beat them down. I think since Ancelotti, probably. So, uh, kind of like asking to pick your favorite child if you have more than one. Well, if I had to pick my favorite child, um, you guys might roast me on Twitter a little bit about this, but I'm gonna go United zero Chelsea four. Ooh, I thought you were gonna go uh, Hull zero Chelsea yeah. two. <laughs> 
<laughs> just it for the weird started one. it all it, that was the turning point of the season or, uh, or it was just cool probably <laughs> yeah i mean for me though i'm not gonna lie okay it made me feel good that not we did something right it, you know we all i Cherish Mourinho. I think he is fantastic for this club and will always be uh, revered for the good times. Um, but the fact of the matter is he went to another rival, which is fair enough to him because we axed him. But for us to just be able to go there and make his statement win, it kind of made me feel good now preface you know saying that i think going away to old trafford it's going to be a different match and it's going to be tough but to me i i really did enjoy that one i i did so tweet at us this is fantastic you guys are killing it today uh next up at chidananda 36 wouh uh he said she said they said we lacked creativity in hazard's absence where do you see us if both costa and hazard are injured um yeah not in a good position. Those are the two players that this entire team's uh, offense comes from. And if we don't have both, gentlemen, we are up a creek without a paddle, as the expression goes. Yeah, you went to the dark place here, huh? <laughs> I mean, this is, uh, yeah, it, will, it wouldn't be good. Uh, I'll put it that way. We don't have the strength and depth right now to replace, uh, barely replace one of them. Um, Costa is a whole different scenario because we don't really know that much about Mishi. So, ugh, I mean, I, I don't see us winning many matches without both. Yeah, that that is the darkest timeline. Yeah, no, absolutely. And then to follow it up, Justin off of Facebook says, will Mishi ever play again? Which is a great segue. I mean, Dan, we haven't really seen a lot of him at all, partially because we have a need to. Yeah, a credit to him for seeming to remain so positive, though, via his social feeds and continuing to roast haters from other teams and other uh, squads and calling people out for you know inappropriate behavior. It's really fun to see that uh, he's using <laughs> he's using his time wisely. But yeah, I I don't foresee you know I I potentially maybe uh, you know FA Cup. Um, maybe potentially, you know, if there's a, a, a fixture against, you know, a and we, we kind of have maybe a, a double-digit lead uh, at some point here. But, you know, Costa is a player who needs needs time, and he, he likes to play, and I, I think he's going to want to play. And I think Conte is going to want to have him on the pitch because of what he does and how he changes the game. I think when you can take – you know, three defenders out of the game, focusing on one striker, and then free up your, you know, your wingers, and then free up your other midfielders to to make something happen. Uh, Mitchie's not going to do that. Mitchie's going to get you know single marked most of the time, and and that's going to make it more difficult for the remaining players to go forward. But why why couldn't Michi play in Pedro's role? You know, to give Pedro a rest. You know, like that. That's what I don't understand. Because I think when when him and Costa were playing in the in, in the four two four whatever formation that was at the beginning of the year, I thought they played pretty well off of each other, and it gives a more aerial dynamic to our offense. Like I would love to see him play on the right and just see, you know, he's athletic enough and he's he's played in you know kind of that scenario before. So uh, I don't see why he couldn't play up there unless Conte is determined that he's our only backup and he can't get injured. I don't know if I don't like him out on the wing. Um, he's a direct player. He's he's fine with backing into a defender and holding the ball up. And I just don't think his crossing ability or anything like that would suit him as well. 
but but they, but they all float anyway. I mean, that's the thing. Like yeah. if you if you looked at the heat maps today, they all float around and in and out, and so I you know I don't sure. know what the difference is. Well, yeah, I mean, I just think that you know I don't know. It's a little more. It's obviously more natural for him. Maybe they're just still working out in practice so they can. You know, Chelsea ended the match in a three six one today, but Conte still just doesn't like the three five two. So. I don't know. We'll have to kind of see where it goes. Dan, I think you nailed the FA Cup. Uh, that's going to be his time to shine. And um, hopefully him and the rest of the team take advantage of it. Uh, all right. Our man Miles also getting in as well. Nick, if you were able to bring one Chelsea player with you and your squad, a.k.a. Dan and I, <laughs> to Vegas for a weekend of debauchery, let's just cross that and say for a weekend of fun, uh, who would you bring and why? Oh, for me, it'd be debauchery for sure. Um, God, I'm torn on this. I know that like Costa is going to be the popular answer, and I'm not picking Costa. I think I would have. I think Costa would get into a fight and I'd drag him off. I don't. You know, I want to have fun. I think mine would either be Shaloba or Mishi. Honestly, I think Mishi would be a ball to go out <laughs> with. He would be a dynamite <laughs> dude to go. He's a good looking guy. I mean, you could obviously. Uh, work some magic at the clubs, Dan. I think I think Mishi's probably my pick. Uh, I, I I think it's a good choice. You know, I, I think that's a, that's a solid uh, choice that you can make. Uh, I, I think David Luiz is is a uh, you know part party animal, and you know I, I think he, you know w- whether it's at the uh, roulette table, whether you're uh, you know uh, going down uh, the strip, yeah, you know, I, I think you'd have a blast. The geezer would he would be <laughs> a ton of fun. I mean, he'd be like pranking people on the street, you know, as they walk by. Um, Brandon. yeah, I, this is tough. You know, I think that there's definitely a, quite a few guys in the locker room that are having fun. You know, like joking around, being very lighthearted in there. I, I really do like the David Luiz shout. Um, it, I guess for the sake of di- uh, you know for for diversity, um. Oh man, guys, I, I really don't know. I mean, between Louise and Costa, I'll go. I'll take Costa. I think that he's in such a good mood, light spirits. Um, if he doesn't fight the West Brom defenders and the Sunderland defenders who just have whacked him, do you guys see that he's been fouled fifty times in fifteen games this season coming into today's match? He hasn't. Le- he hasn't. He hasn't backlash or anything. You know, in so many games, I think he's good. Diego's yeah, in a good spot right now. Just, just don't lose a bet to him because he's gonna flick the back of your ear, and uh, yeah, you know, oh, it looks, he, he looks, he's some vicious uh, ear flicks going on on his yeah. uh, Instagram stories. Do you I'll know be careful who, making a bet with him. Do you know it'd be a, an honorable mention here and like a sneaky pick, you know, and based off of our experience with them would be Dave. I think Dave would be fucking <laughs> hilarious. Like it's fun. sneaky, a little under the radar, a little understated, but hilarious. And obviously, yeah. you know, has that like Spanish charm going on. Yeah. 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 I could see. I didn't even really think to the bench either, but yeah. All right. Can I take can I take Chalo, Baena, and Ruben? Just the three of them as a group? The three amigos? Oh, damn. No. Look, no. Are, <laughs> you, are you trying to get 21-year-old crazy, or are you trying to be an adult? Oh, that's true. That's my whole other <laughs> level. I'm past that prime. All right, all right. Here we go. Uh, last one from Matthew. Uh, you know, like I already kind of mentioned, on the Courtois stoppage time wonder save, did he actually get a hand on the ball, or did he use the force Picks are inconclusive. Dan, I got those your your way. You are the force expert of the pod, are you not? 
<laughs> you know, this feels like some stealth marketing for uh, Star, uh, Rogue One, right. the Star Wars story. It is absolutely not in theaters tomorrow. Um, but <laughs> check cashed. <laughs> it also it also looks like it, it was probably taken like the quarter of the second right before he actually physically does direct the ball away. Um, but it was a fantastic shot. I, you know, I mean, if he has the force, at least he's using it for good. You know, that's good. This is, <laughs> Unless you're not a Chelsea fan, then he's using the force for evil. <laughs> well, that just means you're on the dark side. Anyways, we all know that Chelsea fans, right? I mean, come on. There's only one team in the Premier League to root for. Chelsea, uh, absolutely phenomenal right now. Just flying high. Like, you know, we mentioned 10 match on beaten streak. Plenty of clean sheets along the way. Uh, things are going well right now. Uh, you know, some things that are kind of getting swept out of the rug, you know, Mikel looking to be on his way out, Ivanovic looking to be on his way out, Terry uncertain future, but these things aren't, you know, under the microscope because results are going the way everyone wants. Uh, I think we're going to call it a wrap though this week. Uh, it's been an uh, awesome episode. Just so you guys do know though, next match is crystal palace in the premier league. Uh, Selhurst Park is where we're going to play away this coming Saturday, December 17th. Uh, in case you are unaware, they just lost to United 2-1 to today and are sitting at 16th place, only three points above the drop. So, you know, I don't know if Pards is going to have it in him this week, but tweet at us. Let us know what you guys think. Final thought time. Dan, start us on our way out. Uh, yeah, I, I, yeah, I'm just gonna really wonder if if Pardew is is still employed by the time that this match happens. Ooh. If he still is, um, and the match concludes, and we continue our streak, and if we make it to 11, um, how much longer after 11 wins for us and for him hanging on the 16th place will he be employed as a Crystal Palace manager? Because I don't think he has much of a lifeline left. So I, I'm actually more scared of this match now after the night of result if they had either drawn or won um i would have been a little bit more positive going into it uh, i think it's a it's going to be a test it's gonna be a battle and benteke is going to be uh, quite the handful all right nick well i mean the only good thing about playing away at crystal palace are the crystals right <laughs> yeah brandon brandon you love the crystals so hey, that's hey. Good. and also kayla the eagle you know she's there <laughs> yeah. um in all honesty, I, I'm jealous to those who get to go as as away fans to this. I think that it's one of the best atmospheres in the Premier League. Um, I think we'll win, uh, and I'm not usually that optimistic, so that's good. Um, my my final thought is to kind of look ahead to our next podcast. We're going to have Gary Hayes of Bleacher Report on, a guy that we've tried to get on the pod uh, for quite a while now, but is, is kind of all the stars of a line. So look forward to that on uh, on. You know, we'll be out on next Monday, but um, we're, yeah, we're excited to have Gary. Awesome. Well, thank you so much. Yeah, we are looking forward to that big time. Uh, so make sure you guys do a lot of questions. I believe he spent the last week with Izzy Brown. Is that right, Dan? Yeah, it was uh, our boy Izzy on uh, on loan. He had a chance to chat with him, but he's done some really great articles that we'll, we'll tweet out. He also uh, put out a book this year, and it was uh, 50 fixtures kind of looking back at John Terry's time with the club and what are the 50 most decisive matches that he's been involved with. And uh, you know, we'll maybe see if we can uh, yeah, convince him to give us a copy of that book to give away. Ooh, that would be exciting, but hey, we're going to under-promise you guys on that one. But for now, 
we got to wrap it up. It's midweek. It's bedtime. We got to get ready for work tomorrow, unfortunately. We don't have the gift of sleeping in after another Chelsea victory. So until next time, Chelsea fans, you know what to do. Keep the blue flag flying high.